1: Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we are helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host and one of the Certified Financial Planners on the show. Across from me, Certified Financial Planner Kevin Corhorn, and between us, Certified Financial Planner and CPA, special guest Ryan Fair.
0: Ah, yes. A thorn between two roses. (laughs) So that's right. Today, we are talking about taxes, and if you think what would I want to be talking about today it's it's got to be taxes, right? That's right. So we're going to help you get ready for this upcoming tax season. We've got some great questions that you should be asking. You're going to have great answers if you start with the right questions. So whether you've already started gathering your documents your taxes done or it's not even on your radar, we're going to get you ready to make this your best tax season ever i know you got goosebumps i know you do and and just to help you with that
1: we are going to be talking about taxes this week, but also next week as well. We're taking a quick break in our series about the biggest financial choices that you have to make. We're going to talk about tax laws and your tax process today. We are going to talk about those big tax choices. So next week, if you have a question, and I know you will because it's tax season and Washington, DC has screwed everything up. So you're going to have questions. Reach out to us. You can do so in a few different ways. Wise Money you can submit a question right there on the right, as well as catch up on previous episodes. Call or text 574 2000 Lastly, Facebook, Twitter, and the YouTube channel is hot. Just search at Wise Money Radio. Welcome back, Ryan Fair. Glad to Thank have you. you on the program. And, uh, you know, we're about to the point where I'm not going to have you introduce yourself anymore. I know. But just I really d- quick, who I are you? I trimmed
2: it down. I, I'm Ryan. Uh, <laughs> been here at the team since 2001. Switched over to the tax team, 2005. So this is my... What twelfth tax season? Yeah, wow, man. So
0: A crusty veteran.
2: I know, I'm an old man, old the gray man. beard of
0: the KFG fleet.
2: So, so yeah, basically, I started on the tax stuff back in two thousand five. Really enjoyed taxes and helping people figure out their tax prep and tax planning needs. And uh, now, before we know it, we're already doing. We're doing over two thousand uh, tax returns. We're 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 going to do twenty five hundred. Total tax returns. Come but, on, but over two thousand households will help in the Michigan area, which is awesome.
1: And I'm glad you used the word "help." I didn't know you were going there, but but if this, if if you've never done tax planning, this is the year that you need tax planning. Mm-hmm. You need to sit down with a professional. My guess is sales of TurboTax are going to be way down. I I just the do-it-yourself idea this year, especially. You got to get in front of someone and answer some questions. I have three questions. Kevin's already teasing me about it. Every time you get your taxes done, you've gotta answer three questions. And I thought we'd frame that, we'd give you those three questions today so that you can answer them, and then we'd frame them with Ryan Fair here with us to, to just all help us get the thinking right. So the very first question you need to answer when you get your taxes done, you need to make sure, are they accurate? am I getting all the deductions, getting all the credits? Do I have all my information in there? Is this an accurate tax return? There again, I would hope that you're using a CPA. But Ryan, talk about the importance of that process, the importance that, uh, or the process that that you use with the team here.
2: Yeah, Mike, as you know, one of our core core values here at the company, part of our mission statement is education. And so that is always a big part of the tax process for us. Um, we When we're doing tax returns, when we when we're done, and even through the process, we like to educate the clients, help them understand what in the world is going on with their taxes. So many clients have lots of questions that yeah, they they just want it. They're curious, yeah. you know, and, and we can help those clients out. Um, those people that are really curious, I always encourage them, schedule a meeting with us. Come in, meet. You can ask all the questions you want during our meeting. Um, and a lot of those Meetings, we can work on the tax returns and even get them done or most of the way done in the meeting, and you know we can chat while we're while we're doing them and and smooth you know smooth yeah. sailing. So those those are the the best best case scenarios for me where we can actually just talk through stuff. They can ask the questions while we're face to face. Other clients, it just doesn't work for them or they don't you know they're not as curious. They they just want to drop stuff off and be done with it. Well, we have the education part covered for those clients also. we, Whenever we're done with a tax return, we always offer a tax delivery meeting. So even if they just drop their tax paperwork off, we do the returns, uh, call them when it's finished, they're offered a tax delivery meeting. Mm-hmm. And so they can come in and meet with someone on our team to actually review the tax return line by line, go through and explain what the numbers are, where they came from, and how they're impacted by it. So
1: you need to make sure your return is accurate and you need to make sure you understand why you got the result you did. And that's a little bit of of our experience, our client experience here. We prefer to get in front of the folks that we serve to address their questions right there, but then also just make sure we've got all the documents and everything looks good. Is that accurate? But even if you don't have time to sit down face-to-face and you just drop your information off, we, we want to sit down with you on the back end to review it to make sure we've got the most accurate return and that you understand why the result came out the way that it did.
0: Yeah, and I would encourage you. I want to. I want to talk to you today. If you haven't filed your taxes for a couple of years and you're feeling you're you're listening to this and saying I can't do it, I just can't face it, Ryan. What would you say to that person right now?
2: Just. Just do it. We can help. I mean, you'd be, you wouldn't believe how common it is for people to uh, just kind of emotionally check out due to something in their life where they they just put the taxes on the back burner. They're scared. They're you know they don't they just don't know what the what the result's going to be, and mm-hmm. you know something else is is kind of taking over their brain where they they forget about taxes, and it, it's not the end of the world. We can we can do that. Um, you, you have to do them sooner or later and so why not why not do them now I mean just
0: and we've also seen where people will come in with maybe five years worth of taxes you in and in each of those years they would get a refund yep but you can only go back three years right. and get your refund so a lot of times ta- a lot of times you create in your mind this scenario where it's much worse mm-hmm. than it actually is yep. so come in and and work with someone who just loves people and and has a bedside manner that will make you comfortable and and, and, and isn't going to make you feel bad
1: that's right. right that's
0: right so step
1: 1 question 1 is is my return accurate? Did I get all the deductions? And do I understand why the result came out the way that it did? And for those of you who always do your taxes, do them yourself uh, each year, I would hope that you're able to address at least this question. A lot of people don't, you know, TurboTax will just, you just answer questions and then it just tells you what your refund is or how much you owe. You really don't understand where those numbers came from and how accurate they are. So once you've got an accurate return and you understand where that where the information came from and what the result was and why, you then have to ask yourself this question. Is there anything I should be doing about that? Is there anything, even though I've got my return done and maybe I haven't signed it and sent it in yet, I haven't filed it, is there something I can still do? Usually that answer is yes. And if you're not working with a certified financial planner and a a CPA who does planning, you're going to skip this question, but it's critically important. Let's talk about some of those things that are after the fact. The year's already over. You're about to submit your tax return, but you're still able to do some things to improve last year's taxes.
2: Yeah. So there's a number of uh, things that we we look at with clients when the when the returns are done. Um, see what we can do to help you know help them further, even for the the prior year that we're doing the taxes. Always look at IRAs, Roth IRAs. Um, health savings accounts, those are the biggies that, you know, they're easy and you can fund them until April 15th, or the tax filing deadline, and you can do it for the prior year, which, you know, a lot of times it's an obvious, based on whatever tax bracket you're in, you can write off the IRA, traditional IRA contributions, reduces your tax. There's also lots of other planning stuff that you would think just little IRA contributions um, are straightforward, we've with the new affordable care act uh, penalties that yeah. are involved or the the premium repayment stuff that you have to do if you're if you're on the uh, healthcare exchange we've seen huge impacts by making an ira contribution or an hsa contribution that it's it's huge
1: yeah. there's. Uh, you need to know that list. And we're going we're to talk about this a little bit more. But before you send in your taxes, before you sign that e-file, before you submit your taxes, you need to know what are the creative ideas that I can do that I can still do to improve my tax situation. And then you go through and say, well, I shouldn't do this one and this one really doesn't work in my situation. But you know what? I'll do some of this one. You've got to make that list first and then see which of them make sense. The third question we're going to get to in just a moment, in my opinion, is the most important and the most missed. So we've got a lot more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What can you still do right now to
1: improve last year's tax situation? That's what we're talking about here today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Across from me, Kevin Corhorn. Between us, Ryan Fair coming to you from the KFG studios. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern and Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. If you have any questions, we're talking taxes. We're going to be doing so next week as well. If you have any questions, reach out to us. Call or text us, 574-222-2000. That comes right to me. We'll hit that question on an upcoming program. You can also find us online, wisemoneyradio.com, as well as social media at wise money radio Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So anytime you get your taxes done, you've got to ask yourself three questions. And, and not just ask, uh, you need to get those answers, right? So the first one is, you got your return almost done. Is it completely accurate? And do you understand why the numbers came out the way that they did. We're in the middle of the second question. And that is, all right, now that it's accurate, is there anything that I can do to improve my tax situation? So let's run through that list again. But then also there's a big impact with some of those, right? So some of the pre-tax things that you can do yet right now for last year, IRA, right? What's that Mm -hmm. run through that list again, Ryan? Yeah. So the ones,
2: the quick and easy ones are Traditional IRA, Roth IRA, as well as health savings account, and the reason you say Roth IRA, that's not deductible. Why does that matter? It could matter to if it if you're allowed in the uh, savers retirement savings contribution credit. So we call mm-hmm. it the savers credit. Um, if if you're eligible for that, it's it's a huge. I mean, it's a nice credit as an incentive to contribute to the plans.
0: Yeah, so you want to know and understand, hey, have I put money into my retirement plan at work? Should I fund a traditional deductible IRA, a traditional after-tax, a non-deductible IRA? Mm-hmm. Um, what what should I be funding? And this is where you really want your tax preparer to help you with some planning. And if you haven't done it in the calendar year of 17, these these after-the-fact Uh, strategies are are just crucial because if you don't know about it, it's not an opportunity and you'll never get it done.
1: A lot of tax benefits are based off of a calculation of your adjusted gross income. And that stuff is confusing. It Mm -hmm. is so confusing. And you don't know how close you are to being phased out from this or getting that. And so that's some of the some of the reactive things that you should do in answering this second question. Well, if I do a Roth IRA, that doesn't give me a tax deduction, so I shouldn't do it. No, it might give you a tax credit based on where your adjusted gross income is. Or should you do a pre-tax to lower that adjusted gross income because you were getting phased out of some benefits or so on? You've got to look at all of those ideas
0: and then say, these these make sense or these don't make sense. Yeah, and even whether I'm using a Roth IRA to try and capture a retirement savings credit, or what if I just have some money that's that's growing, whether they're lazy dollars sitting in the bank yeah. and, and they're really for the long term, or it's an investment that's growing taxable, what if I could take a taxable investment and shift it over to grow tax-free? Well, I only have a certain amount that I can push into that structure per year I get a coupon per year yeah and so if I'm not using if I didn't use my coupon for 17 I still have until April 15th to get to use that coupon after April 15th I can't do it you got it so this is where you want someone looking and saying oh look you have these dividends you have this you have this this uh, interest income hey have you considered getting these resources, if they're long-term resources, have you considered positioning them to grow tax-free? Really quick, if you're getting a big refund, that's another strategy that I like. If you're
1: set up to get a big refund and you think, well, wait a second, should I take some dollars and fund one of these things to improve my tax situation and effectively create a bigger refund and play the shell game with dollars to improve your tax situation? That's just huge. And again, you mm-hmm. just need to meet th- meet with someone, sit down with your certified financial planner and make sure you're going through that list. Now, Kevin's especially has been very anxious for the third question, and I know you are as well. So you've got an accurate tax return, you know why the numbers came out the way they did. Second, you've evaluated every possible option of improving last year's tax situation, and you've ruled in or ruled out each of those strategies. Now, and and most, almost everyone skips this step, especially if you do it yourself, and I would argue it's the most important, especially this year, and that is look forward at this year. How is your tax picture going to change, and
0: what should you be doing right now about it? Yeah, if you have not scheduled... A meeting with your certified financial planner to talk about the changes and how they're gonna affect you or if you don't have that meet, if you don't have that meeting already scheduled call your planner if you don't have a certified financial planner go online find one but get that meeting scheduled because there are things that you should be doing and if you do them early in the year you've got all year to get these things implemented if you wait until November It's a lot harder to make these changes. I'm going to just share a quick
1: story, and then I'm going to let Ryan share some of the big changes that have occurred with the tax law. But some (laughs) dear, dear friends of mine that I've been blessed to serve over the past, oh, probably decade, uh, they've got four kids. And in today's world, that's a big family. And so in the previous world, that's a lot of deductions, a lot of tax credits, and so on. Well, the last two were twins, which has probably created some dynamics, you know, 18 years ago or 20 years ago or so. Um so they were twins and they both graduated from college the same year. So think about this. In the old world where you used to get deductions, each of them were a $4,000 exemption deduction. Mm-hmm. And then they were both in college, so they were each getting the American Opportunity Tax Credit, so another 2500 each. So $5,000 of tax credits they were getting plus it equated to about $2,000 of tax savings from deductions, $7,000 of tax savings. They got one year, they were gone the next when the twins graduated. You, if, if you're not thinking about that in March or February, you don't even have a chance to change withholdings to catch up for that. Mm-hmm. So, there again, you've got to answer this last question. How's my tax situation going to change this year, and what should I be doing about it? Now, we know everyone's tax situation is changing this year, thanks to the friendly folks in Congress not so friendly. Uh, Ryan, let's talk about some of those big changes that people need to be aware of this year.
2: Yeah. So the thing that is going to impact everybody is the tax brackets change. So that's that's an easy one. Luckily, Congress is taking care of it where you don't have to change a whole lot on your actual paycheck uh, withholdings. So they have just recently with or released the new tax withholding tables to the employers. So employers will begin using those tables in February when they're calculating paycheck withholdings.
1: I'm going to th- interrupt you. Let's hear it. I love you, but I'm I'm going to d- make it a little more firm. Bring your most recent pay stub into your tax appointment because do do? yes, Congress is has changed the, um, or the IRS has changed mm-hmm. these withholding tables. So it's going to happen automatically, but you don't know if it's right. Mm-hmm. You don't know if it's right. They're just automatically... You know, doing some calculations for in for the general people. Yep. Your sp- your situation specific to you. So bring in your pay stub that will show this updated withholding, and we can take a look and say, yep, that looks good, or no, we've got to make some changes. Yep. Good. Good point. So
2: yeah, the the, the withholdings are going to change on your paychecks in February. And Mike, as Mike said, double check, make sure that they're right. Uh, it's not going to change the if you got a huge refund that you. You know, need to need to change. You still need to change that for eighteen because you're still going to get a huge refund yeah, if you, you don't change anything. If, right? You know, so so yeah, that's that's an easy one. Um, a, a couple of the other things that are really really different this year for a lot of the standard deduction is doubling for 2018 from 17 to 18. So for a married couple, the standard deduction is going up to twenty four thousand dollars. That's that's huge. I think in the past, uh, or currently, there's about 30% of Americans itemize their deductions. That's going to drop down to, they're predicting about 5% of households are going to actually itemize deductions. Yeah. Which is, that's amazing to me, because I, I would have guessed that it was a lot higher than 30% to begin with.
1: I, I would have guessed that too. In fact, we've talked about it on the show before. Mm-hmm. I actually think it could have been 35 or 40, but people just said, no, nah, I'm not keeping those receipts. Mm-hmm. And I think now that they've doubled the standard deduction, that's going to be even more tempting. Uh I'm going to make this donation, but I'm not going to keep track of my receipt, or I'm not even going to w- worry about keeping track of those things. No, you still need to. Mm-hmm. As I've talked to a lot of people about this rule, and they say, "Well, I get you know now I get this double deduction." No, your your itemized deductions were thirty-two thousand dollars the previous year. You right. still need to track all that stuff, all of this stuff still matters to you. Yep. So tax brackets are changing. That's impacting everyone. Standard deduction is changing. I'm assuming we're going to touch on in just a second the special deduction that you get for every head in your household. And that's a big change as well. Credits are changing. We've got a lot more to hit as well as some really, really critical tax questions that we've received from you. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corehorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
1: With the new tax law changes, should you change your mortgage? That's an interesting question. We've got that one coming up and several others here coming up on the program today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Next to me in the KFG studios, Ryan Fair. Kevin Corhorn was with us earlier as well. We're talking about taxes. We're talking about the three most important questions you need to answer every single time you get your taxes done. And sadly, most people are 0 for 3 if, if you do a quick audit, quick inventory. Special thanks to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies as well as Diane Bennett with REMAX 100 for making The Wise Money Show possible. Thank you very much. If you have any questions, as I know taxes always spark a lot of questions. We've got several to hit yet today. Reach out to us in a few different ways. Call or tax 574-222-2000. WiseMoneyRadio.com online and social media Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at WiseMoneyRadio. All right, so the first question when you get your taxes done every single year, is this an accurate return? Did I get all my deductions and credits? And do I understand where these numbers come from? The second, once you have that, okay, it all looks good. Now you have to ask yourself, is there something I can do to make it look better? make that list, make the full list, and then go through, hopefully with your certified financial planner and say, this one makes sense, this one doesn't, this one doesn't, this one doesn't, this one does. Be aware of phase out and how even the slightest change can open things up or get rid of certain things. And then lastly, the most important one, third question is, all right, now that previous year's tax return is done and it looks as good as it can possibly look, how's my situation going to change this year? And what should I be doing about it right now? Everyone's tax situation is changing this year. So Ryan, we've touched on a couple of changes. Let's keep going of the big changes in the new tax law that are going to impact everyone.
2: Okay. So yeah, we talked about the tax brackets. Um, I think the next biggest one that's going to affect everybody is the exemptions. That's related to the standard deduction, and then also the child tax credit. So exemptions, you could get scared because you hear exemptions are going away from 2018 forward. There are no more um, exemptions for claiming dependent. So mm-hmm. in the past, that was $4,000 deduction, $4,050 that you reduced your taxable income by- Per person. Per person. Uh, so you also then receive child tax credit, which was 1000 bucks per kid under age 17. And then that is a big change, that yeah. they've doubled it up to $2,000 per child under 17, which is huge.
1: So for most people, you you and I'm glad you're explaining those together, and, and we got caught off there with, uh, with some commercials in between, but you really need to talk about this standard deduction, the exemption deduction, and the child tax credits. You really need to talk about all of them together. Right. Because in essence... What Congress did with these tax changes is they combined your exemption deduction with your standard deduction. If you've got a lot of kids, you lost a lot of deductions. Hopefully those kids are under 17 and you've made up for it with child tax credit. But there's a pocket there Mm -hmm. where you have a lot of kids and they're age 17 and they're not going to school or they're not yet in school where you need to be very careful and, right. and really need to sit down proactively right now in February or in March and map out how is this going to impact you.
2: Yeah. And I really, I think it's going to be, as you mentioned, the 17 and 18 year old, uh, dependence where it's gonna, it's gonna throw things off a little bit. Um, the, they Congress added as part of this new tax tax plan, they've added a new family credit, family member credit. Mm-hmm. So we talked child Child tax credit—that's the two thousand dollars one. For those that don't qualify for that, usually based on age, uh, they there's this new family credit. It's five hundred dollars per person or per dependent in your household. Mm-hmm. So, if you got a seventeen-year-old child, they no longer—they're still a kid. They're still a dependent. They don't qualify for the child tax credit, but they do. They might say might uh, okay, can't might. say do. I know, we, it's, yeah. But they might. They might qualify for the the other family family member tax credit, which is a $500 credit. Mm-hmm. So that could also count for mom and dad. Yeah. If mom and dad are dependents of yours, they could qualify for this additional family member credit where prior to that, you could claim them as dependent. You don't get a dependency exemption deduction any, for any longer, but now there's they still could qualify for the... $500 family member credit.
1: So don't take that and just go off to the races and say, okay, that that quali- that I qualify for that because of my situation. There's right. several questions you mm-hmm. need to answer, and you an- need to answer all of them the right way in order to be eligible for that. So yes, after all those deductions and credits, the tax rates are lower, but whether you landed on the good side or the bad side, of those deductions and credits is really going to have a big impact on your tax return. They might, they've already changed payroll uh, withholdings, but they might just reduce yours down because tax uh, rates are going down, but you might end up on the wrong side of the Mm -hmm. street with those deductions and credits and now have less withheld and pay a little bit more tax. And so you just need to watch out for that. Yep. Are they changing anything with the college tax credits? They are.
2: So, before, in 2017 and before, we've had uh, two different tax credits, the Lifetime Learning Credit and the American Opportunity Tax Credit. They've basically merged both of those into just the American Opportunity Tax Credit. They've changed a little bit of it, but they've mm-hmm. added on an extra year and um, basically just did away with the Lifetime Learning Credit. They also did away with the, um, the tuition and fees deduction. That was another place that you. M- most people didn't use that because the credits were were better in almost every situation. But there were a handful of people, there were a couple, yeah, mm-hmm. there were a handful of people where the tuition and fees deduction was was better. So we would we would account for their college costs there. So yeah. that's gone for 2018 forward.
1: Yeah. That was a lot of where doing it yourself or doing it online would get that mixed up. If right. you were in that rare camp where the tuition and fees deduction was better, if you weren't sitting down and working with someone on that, you, you, you may have gotten the wrong, the wrong one there. Um, that's moving forward. Uh, speaking of the, the college stuff, you do want to make sure you're making a great decision on what college benefit to take for 2017. That's part of answering that second question. What can you do and making sure that you've got everything um, set up the way it's supposed to, but looking forward, yeah, that's changing a little bit. Yep. And
2: also real quick, education related, they changed some of the 529 plan rules. Yeah. Where they actually are allowing you to use that for uh, private school that are, basically k through 12 where before it was always higher education was the only thing that uh, 529 funds could be used for and so that's that's a good benefit that they've kind of widened
1: the door on on the 529 funds okay a couple other changes you need to be aware of and, and again we're hitting these popcorn we've done it before if you if you're if you're a student of the game and you really like reading about this stuff and listening about taxes, you've probably heard all of these before. The point we're trying to make is not give you more information. The point we're trying to make is how does it apply and impact you? And you need to determine that right now and make sure that you're set up appropriately. So businesses, small businesses, many, uh, I want to say most, some, I don't, we don't know exactly, but could have a new deduction this year right. that would make a difference on how much estimates, uh, mm-hmm. what your estimated payment, uh, tax payment should be for 2018. And a lot of businesses <coughs> who have good profits and so on, it's kind of tough because you file your taxes right now and you have to pay whatever is due. And then you have to pay your first quarter estimate. So it's kind of a double whammy. Well, you need to take into account. If you're going to get a tax deduction or not.
2: Yeah, for sure. So this is, I was hoping you weren't going to ask me about it, Mike. <laughs> this is the is most confusing. complicated part of the whole new tax bill, at least from what I've i have read. Um, they they added this new, so the corporate C corp tax rates, they lowered significantly. That was the major part of the tax bill It went from 35 down to 21%. But those are for typically large companies. The small businesses that are usually pass-through entities is kind of our jargon, usually those are known as S-Corps or partnership returns or mm-hmm. even sole proprietorships. Those businesses, Congress made an adjustment to reduce the tax on those also to kind of compensate for what the big, the big boys get with the C-Corps, and it's a 20% reduction in taxable income. So on the face, that's awesome. I mean it's a twenty percent reduction, mm-hmm. uh which sounds good, but actually figuring the twenty percent is impossible <laughs> at this point at least. The IRS hasn't issued any actual guidance yes. to clarify and there's all kinds of if if this, then that and reduce it by this and add this and yeah. it's it's not as clear
1: cut as it sounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got to touch on a couple more changes there. But also, should you be making changes to your mortgage because of these new tax laws? We've got a great question from Roger. We've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise
1: Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired team at RE-MAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies program. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. Next to me in the KFG studios is CFP and CPA Ryan Fair. Kevin Corhorn was with us for a bit as well. If you've missed anything, oh my goodness, we're talking about the three most important questions. That you need to answer every time you get your taxes done and then as part of that we've just been recapping what in the world is going on with these tax law changes and how's that going to impact you so if you missed anything catch previous episodes wisemoneyradio.com you can catch previous episodes right there as well as submit a question right there on the right every episode's on the youtube channel at wise money radio find us there it's also on podcast itunes google play get us there as well. Lastly, if you have a question, you can also call or text 574-222-2000. So this last question that you need to answer every time you get your taxes done is how's my tax situation going to be different this year and what should I do about it? We've talked about the high, the, the, the most important, the biggest ones that are changed with the new tax law. But inside of itemized deductions, and fewer people are going to itemize, but inside there were a couple tweaks. We don't need to get way down in the detail, but a mortgage interest, if your mortgage is too high, if your state tax is too high, blah, blah, blah. Can you just touch on those really quick or just what, what would you point out that, that so that people can prepare for those changes? So yeah, the state tax one is probably going to
2: impact the most people um, in our area or even nation or yeah nationwide, um, basically they've capped the amount of your deduction for taxes paid between state and local income taxes and your real estate taxes. Before you could deduct as an itemized deduction, one hundred percent of those, no matter what, no matter how high they were, two thousand eighteen forward, they've capped those at ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So if you're making, yeah, so we'll just leave it at that. They're yep. capped at ten thousand they, dollars. They're not capping property taxes. That's so, included as part of. Oh wow! They're added together.
1: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Yep. So, oh well, yeah, they're
2: not capping the amount of tax yeah. that they're charging. Yeah. Of course, but, <laughs> but yeah, the deduction they've capped. So, so that's one part. And then the mortgage interest they, 2018 forward, you're no longer going to be allowed to deduct your uh, home equity line interest. Yeah. As an itemized deduction. Yeah. So, the other the other mortgage interest related one uh, is related to acquisition debt doesn't affect a lot of people in our area, but basically you're only allowed to deduct mortgage interest on the first $750,000 of mortgage debt. And prior to 2018, it was a million dollars you could deduct up to. So again, in our area, most houses
1: aren't a million bucks like yeah, and by the, the way, coast. if if you've got if you've got a house that's worth a million bucks, don't get a mortgage on it. Just you hopefully you're in a position where you're paying cash or you've got a lot of equity in it. So, yeah. Okay, let's that's a good segue because we've got a couple questions right. that really line up right into that that I just want to hit for for your <clears throat> benefit. So, very first question comes from listener Evan. He says, "My company does a $1500 contribution to my health savings account every single year, and because I'm fairly healthy, I really haven't needed to contribute any more." Is that the right approach? It depends, mm-hmm. I So, the, Ryan, share the contribution limits.
2: Yeah, for 2017, since you can still make those uh, for single coverage, it's $3,400. Family coverage is $6,750. If you are eligible for catch-up based on your age, you can do an extra $1,000 catch-up. So those increase just a little bit for 2018. So instead of 3,400, goes up 50 bucks to 3,450 for a single plan, and uh, goes from 6,750 up to 6,900 for a family plan.
1: A lot of people get confused because when you're looking at matches to your 401k or 403b, the contribution limit does not include the hmm. employer match, but on the HSA, the whatever the company contributes does count towards that limit. So Evan, if your company is doing $1,500 into your HSA, number one, that's a huge benefit. Oh, that is huge. That's, that's an extra $1,500 raise that's mm-hmm. not taxable to you. That is awesome. You can take that money wherever you go. But should you put more in is really a tax question as opposed to a health question. Of course, if you know it's going to be a uniquely unhealthy year, a friend of mine last year, actually a, friend of, a mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. three surgeries last year and one for his son. I <laughs> know it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And he has a high deductible health plan. So if you know that's on the docket for 2018 somehow, yeah, you're going to want to make sure you've got enough set aside to cover your deductible. But if you're healthy, it's not really a question of um, how much do I think I'm going to spend. It's do I need the tax benefit? So Evan, if the company's put in $1,500, you got to do some tax planning. Mm-hmm. Look at your tax situation and say, all right, should I put in an extra... One thousand nine hundred. What would that do on my taxes? Should, for a lot of people, and I'll just round here. If you put in an extra two grand, for a lot of people, you'll probably get an extra five six hundred bucks back on your taxes. Therefore, it's really costing you only fifteen hundred bucks to put two grand in your pocket. That's a good deal, mm-hmm. depending on your overall financial situation, your financial goals something you might want to consider. Yeah. And it's a, Kevin was talking about it earlier, but a shell game of if you don't, if you've got
2: the money sitting aside anyways in a taxable account, this is another tax shelter to get it sheltered from, from uh, taxes and grows tax deferred tax free.
1: And let me just touch on one other thing and, and why I so passionately believe you've got to answer those three questions we already talked about every time you file your taxes, because right now you might be looking and saying, yeah, you know what that that makes sense Mike. I don't agree with most things you say but I agree with that <laughs> one and I'm going to I'm going to put a couple extra $1,000 into my HSA for last year. Well, if it makes sense last year does it make sense for this year? And if it does, should you have that money contributed out of your paycheck instead of out of your checking account? If so, there would be some additional tax savings for you. Mm-hmm. Money that c- Uh, goes into your HSA just out of your checking account saves you fed and state taxes but if you contribute out of your paycheck it saves you fed and state but also payroll taxes FICA Mm -hmm. it's a big deal so you want to get ahead of that as well so great question Evan oh last thing a lot of people are looking at their HSAs as an additional retirement savings account too if that's appropriate for you Evan you might want to consider funding more okay so we just hit on this issue a fan of the show Roger sent in this question I've heard that you're not allowed to deduct home equity line interest on your taxes. Is that true? Ryan already said that it is. We'll let him elaborate, but is that true? And does that mean I should refinance my mortgage to pay off my home equity line? Should I also consider having less, saving less for retirement and paying more aggressively on my mortgage now that I won't itemize and the interest won't help me on my taxes? Roger, oh my goodness, we could do an entire show Mm -hmm. on that And, and- I don't know if we're going to have the time to do that question justice because there's there's a home equity line issue. Then there's the issue of, should I refinance? Then there's the issue of, regardless, even if you just have a mortgage, if now doubling the itemized deductions, you're not going to deduct your mortgage interest, should you reprioritize your goals and pay aggressively, more aggressively on your mortgage? Ryan, share your first thoughts.
2: Yeah, so th- I, I kind of cheated earlier and said the home equity Uh, loan interest is not going to be deductible in the future. Um, I'm assuming the lenders, this is another area where there's not much, there's not much info yet about how that's going to be tracked and how, what the lenders are going to do if they just don't issue a 1098 for home equity lines, you know, that's, that's good. Um, But, but yeah, as far as the mortgage interest, you're right. A lot of people use that excuse. Oh, I've just got, I've got a mortgage so I can have a tax deduction. Yeah. And that, is gonna go away for a lot of people in the 2018 forward. So.
1: I, I've always disagreed with that argument. You know, a deduction right. it always helps you a percentage on every dollar that you spend. So if you spend a hundred dollars in interest, well, yes, you get a deduction. So it might help you twenty five dollars on your taxes, but it still costs you then seventy five dollars. Right. So, I, so I I'm. You know, I disagree. I, I think it's Dave Ramsey
2: too that makes the argument, that says, "Hey, if you want a hundred dollar or a thousand dollar mortgage interest deduction, give a thousand dollars to charity, and it's the same same deduction, same benefit." Love it, love it. So here's the idea: Should you refinance your mortgage? What do you think? It sounds like it. If you've yeah. got, yeah, I mean, again, there's not not any guidance out from the IRS on this yet, but it sounds like that's what you're going to need to do to to consolidate the 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 debt. Now, the, the only thing is that the mortgage interest still has to be considered acquisition indebtedness. Yeah. For for.
1: But how will they know? All <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right, right. So to Mike. <laughs> that's not the right question. <laughs> um, there are a couple traps you need to be aware of here. Right. Number one... When you do that sort of refinance where you're paying off other debt and including that in your mortgage, that's called a cash out refi. And usually your interest rate will be a little higher and you might even have higher closing costs. Uh, oh, quick sidebar. A lot of banks are coming out with no closing cost loans. So you mm-hmm. need to be be aware of that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's something to consider, but once again, talk to your certified financial planner to see if that makes sense for you. Roger, I'm assuming we're going to pick this question back up in the future, but that is all the time we have for today, folks. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, special guest Ryan Fair, and myself, Mike Bernard, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management LLC. Doing business has Corehorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.